listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Thursday, the 8th of December 2022. Uh, later, why next week's US interest rate decision will be what my guest later in the show calls a defining moment for the year. But first to property, the year that was, and what to expect in 2023. For that, I spoke earlier with Nicola Powell from Domain. 2022's property market will certainly be remembered as the period of time we transitioned from a once-in-a-generation property boom um, to a downturn. We saw house prices record their steepest annual rate of growth in 2021. And then fast forward into 2022, we saw the fastest quarterly decline on record across our combined capitals. And 2022 was almost like a year of two halves. We started the market with record high house prices across our combined capital cities. And by by the end of the year, the market firmly favoured buyers. Was it purely interest rates that influenced those moves in prices throughout the year? Interest rates weren't the only factor to influence the price cycle. We were already finding that buyers were really battling affordability issues at the beginning of the year. We saw demand start to ease earlier in the year and nationally we hit a record low of total listings on the market um, early this year. And we were starting then to see supply build as demand pulled back. But then when the RBA went through their most aggressive rate hikes since the early 90s, it really did place a firm break on the housing market and we did see an acceleration um, of the downturn and it did spread rapidly geographically. Okay, so I think a lot of investors, a lot of home buyers really want to know where to for house prices in 2023, assuming that we know that interest rates will rise anywhere from, I guess, another uh, 25 basis points. Commonwealth Bank thinks there'll be a peak at 3.35% for the cash rate to somewhere around 3.85, which is what Westpac and ANZ thinks. So price, property prices are likely to continue to soften in 2023, um, but our analysis shows when you compare an upswing to the downturn, upswings tend to be longer and see greater rates of growth compared to the downturn that unravels uh, afterwards. So we're very unlikely to see all the pandemic price growth being raised by this downturn. We are expecting prices to continue to fall in 2023. We're expecting a trough to be reached sometime in 2023, late in the year. So I think this time next year, we could be discussing the start of the recovery into the next uh, price cycle. Okay. So what do you think the key trends will be for 2023? I think 2023 is going to be a really interesting market for different buyer segments. I think what we're likely to see is a fragmented property market, which could create some upgrade opportunities for potential buyers out there. We'll see a multi-speed market becoming much more apparent across Australia. We had a record price gap between houses and units as a result of that pandemic property boom. We'll see that price gap narrow. And what that will do is increase the affordability of leaping property types from a unit to a house because we'll see that price gap narrow. We'll also see the trend of the upper end of the market is leading the downturn. And I think that will create opportunities within the detached house market as well for those looking to upgrade. But I think one of the biggest ones for me is this immigration surge, which is will boost the demand for housing. You know, as part of the budget, we saw the Australian government has increased its quota for the permanent migration program to help address that skill shortage that we've got. 
What that's going to do is see an influx of people migrating to Australia from overseas and, and of course, uh, foreign students as well. That is going to place additional demand on our housing market, particularly so our rental market, which remains a landlord's market across Australia. And eventually that will flow on into the sales market as well. Most overseas migrants rent upon arrival and the longer they stay in Australia, the more likely they are to make a purchase. Speaking of 2023, I think there's hundreds and billions of dollars worth of fixed-term um, home loan uh, uh, home loans out there that will expire, and uh, a lot of these people will then really feel the brunt of these rate rises because they'll they'll primarily switch from that fixed term somewhere around one and a half percent to the standard variable rate, which could be four, five, six percent. Right? Um, to what extent are you concerned about this? I think it is a concern for 2023. It really is going to test the serviceability of mortgage holders as those record low FIC rates secured in 2021 begin to expire. I think um, what we're likely to see is there's going to be some buyers that are going to really feel the pinch. I think, you know, the RBA don't seem too concerned by this because that, you know, I think we've all built a bit of a buff savings buffer as a result of the pandemic, but it is going to be a jolting impact to uh, mortgage holders and the adjustment that we've seen this year has been quite huge in the property market as, you know, thousands of dollars has been added uh, to the annual cost of a home loan. Um, I think, you know, what we could see is we're expecting a peak to be reaching that cash rate September, October of 2023. And there is an increased likelihood that we could start to see that cash rate fall by the end of next year. Finally, um, as you mentioned, surely that there'll still be some people that really feel the brunt more than others when they come off these fixed loans. Um, What's your advice? It's really challenging, I think, for those that are going to be coming off of their fixed loans because it is such a different interest rate environment now compared to when they fixed back in 2021. Advice is to get ahead if you can um, and, you know, try to get ahead of your, your mortgage repayments. You know, look at refinancing. It, it, it is still a very competitive lending environment out there. So make sure you're getting the best deal that you can possible uh, for yourself. And of course, you know, pick up the phone, talk to your bank, talk about what products they can offer you um, and also shop around. Nicola Powell there from Domain. To the Australian share market now, which fell 0.8% on the 207,175. For more, I spoke earlier with Chris Weston. He is the head of research at Pepperstone. Well, we, we, I think there's a, there's a few anxieties, uh, Ricardo, ahead of next week's CPI number. Um, we've priced in a lot. Of course, we had a, a, a significant move in the ASX 200 from September to December. We rallied 15%. It was a very broad-based move, and I think we just got a bit overbought. Enough reasons for us to just take a little bit off the table ahead of next week's absolute blockbuster of, a, of event risk in, in global macro markets. So I think investors just taking a little bit off the table. We'll see what happens next week. Maybe there's going to be a bit of a Santa Claus rally up until the end of the year. But, uh, you know, we've, we've locked in some good gains. The ASX has pretty much come back to the flat line. We're down about 3% year to date now. Uh, but I think given the extended nature of the run that we've been having, and obviously the event risk that we've got next week, it's probably just a bit prudent for investors just to take a bit off the table and run a more flat position going into next week. That event week um, and the event of the, of the week anyway, US Federal Reserve, do you think there will be a slower pace of rate rises on the cards there? Well, I just want to actually say, I think that the CPI number could be the, the event of the week. Um, that's going to set a lot of expectations. And actually, if you look at market-based levels of expectations around volatility, which we can derive from the options market, they're saying that we're going to see a bigger move uh, in the S&P, the 
uh, and also the US dollar on the on, on the CPI number. And the market is desperate. They're desperate to see a slow race of headline inflation. They're desperate to see a slower pace of core inflation, to believe that narrative for next year that we're going to see you know, slower inflation. Inflation is going to come back to about 3% in the US, and that's going to allow the Federal Reserve potentially to ease off on that pace of, of hikes we've been seeing. So that's the event that the market's saying is going to be the big one. Um, we do expect thoroughly that they're going to come down into a 50 basis point hike. What's going to be really interesting is the economic projections that they attach with this one. They're going to show a statement of intent, I think, in terms of where they're, going to, where they're portraying the Fed funds rate, but also in terms of inflation expectations as well. So I think it's going to be a defining moment for the year. Um, and I think they're going to show a, a statement of intent. But I think 50 basis points is pretty much a done deal here. It's actually the CPI number, which I think is going to be the more interesting and, and the bigger driver of volatility across markets. OK. Uh, in terms of rates, though, given that we may see the Fed slowing down, the Australian uh, central banks already slowed down. What do you think the implications are for central banks around the world and for the share market? Well, unfortunately, I think the the fact that they are slowing down, mostly the fact that they are slowing down, is a good thing for for equities. Um, it reduces the pace of of you know other markets selling off. You have bond markets, for example, which uh, is positive for equity markets in terms of how we derive the present value of those markets. But I think what's what's a worrying situation is next year for me. One of the biggest macro considerations is that as inflation dissipates, there's a lot of signs that it's going to go back towards target, pr- probably for 2024. But as inflation slows down, what we're going to see is growth concerns taking over. This word of recession, specifically in the US, but obviously in Europe and U- in the UK, is going to be there as well. So I think as the data deteriorates, I think the, the conversation is going to be less about inflation. Um, and more about the growth dynamics. And I think if you look at the interest rate markets, Ricardo, in the US for next year, they are pricing in about 50 basis points of cuts into the second half of next year. Now, that tells you a very powerful story about how they see those growth dynamics playing through. So I think uh, we see an interest rate hike cycle over in, th- in the first quarter, and that's going to be replaced by growth fears uh, manifesting into a point where we actually say to ourselves, are we going to see this restrictive policy from central banks being taken back to a more neutral setting by the end of the year? What about on the other side of the Pacific, China? That's another big macro theme. Is the reopening trade a safe bet yet? 100% it is. Yeah, it's absolutely real. And, you know, you're seeing news after news. We saw the Politburo Bureau meeting yesterday. Um, you know, they've, they've maintained a growth focus, which is equity positive for, for the world. Um, not just what we've been seeing, the big outperformance from, from Chinese and Hong Kong assets. But, you know, every day we're getting treated to new news about them opening up markets and, and, and you know, de-restricting um, you know, its citizens effectively from the code zero policy. Now, I think that the big date that you want to look for is in March of next year. Um, we're going to have what they call the two sessions or the two hand sessions there. And effectively, what that means is there will be a get together of the minds. I think once once we get past that stage, there'll be a full reopening. There'll be full freedoms for the Chinese citizens. Um, but that's the date we're working to. And they've given us you know, a definitive guide by which to work for. I actually think in that meeting that they're going to portray a growth target around five to five and a half percent, which displays a situation in China where we're going to see fairly weak growth in the first half, but very strong growth in the second half. That's going to be very supportive of risk assets such as equity and and, and Australian dollar as well. So China, I think, is the elephant in the room in the global growth story that we've been talking about there for next year. Chris Weston there from Pepperstein. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. 
It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Music